I wrote Jim's being a butt, and he was being a butt. And I appreciate that you use the same kind of flowery, dense language that Sorkin does. Everybody, we're Sorkin in it. Watching the newsroom, please take just a minute. It's a podcast. Aaron Sorkin might choose about Will and Mackenzie making the news. You're Sorkin in it. We're not talking West Wing. We're not talking sports night. We're not even talking Studio 60 at the Sunset Strip. Mm-mm. We are talking the newsroom. I'm Lex Friedman. I'm Brian Warren. And thanks for joining us for another episode of Sorkin In It. This time we're discussing Season 3, Episode 3, Main Justice. Main Justice. Is that the state of Maine, Brian? No. Uh, no. They spelled it M-A-I-N. Got it. And that is different. Mm. Um, but this one uh, this one opens with the FBI raid that was kind of finishing up episode two of season three. Uh, but it also includes plenty of other stuff. I mean, yes, you will see the classic FBI windbreakers uh, that everybody seems to have on TV. But it also includes, uh, you know, Leona and Reese trying to find ways to, to save ACN and raise a whole bunch of money. Also has the continuation of the EPA story. That uh, does finally air. And it ends with the the team at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. All sorts of things ensue there, too. Well, not all sorts of things, but uh, it, it does get a little wacky. There's a lot of ensuing, though. You're not wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Brian, what'd you think? How'd you feel about you the know, episode? Man, there is a lot of stuff that just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I still enjoyed a lot of parts of this episode, though. Like, I had to just kind of set my um, beggaring belief to the side mm-hmm. so I could just kind of uh, try to sit back and enjoy it because there was some wacky stuff. Uh, there were some funny things and um, I don't know. It, it was fine. So you needed a willing suspension of beggaring belief. Yes. Yes. I had to suspend plenty of belief, but well, um, yeah. you know, I think, and it's, it's only, we're only three episodes in, which I guess is about halfway through this final season. But I think that season three has set a new baseline for quality and so yeah. I, I think that overall this episode is better than a typical season one or season two episode, but the worst episode of season three, or the okay, least liked sure. episode for me of season three. But yeah. I was excited right away for a couple of reasons. One, I saw BJ Novak's name in the credits, and mm-hmm. that means we have another Office alum showing up. And two, boy, I want to see more of Gary on this show, and we're just about out of time. <laughs> but Gary enters... He's singing Anything Goes. We don't know why this is happening. He's full of joy. He's happy. Um, And then, uh, wow. (laughs) Uh, uh, He walks into the FBI raid. And then suddenly everybody's all up in Gary's face. I'm not entirely sure why they were all up in his face that way. Yeah. Uh, um, It seems like maybe he was getting some racially tinged hatred from the FBI or something. But I really liked the, uh, the dichotomy of Gary's great mood followed by stumbling upon the uh the FBI raid. I thought that was I thought that was a good moment. Yeah, he was not rattled. He was very surprised. Um but yeah, he definitely held a, held his own when that guy just started uh suggesting that he was going to search him for drugs or something. Like ugh, no thank you. And then you have Will who wants doesn't want them to antagonize the FBI. You have everybody else who wants to antagonize the FBI and they decide, "Hey, we're going to go live." Yeah. And Charlie's on the phone and he's saying, "Hey, we're going to we're going to take over here in New York." Gary grabs a uh, camera. They start setting up the control room or they start trying to set up the control room. Yeah. I have no idea how. I'm sure they're violating some 
union rules by messing with oh, the okay, control at all. Uh, and then Will's like, he's not on the phone with them. He's on the phone with Domino's Pizza right now. Or no, it's not Will who says that. It's uh, it's Don who says that. Yeah. Uh, that Charlie's got to be on the phone with Domino's. Um, and at the same time, we have uh, Mackenzie and Mary McCormick fighting about the RSVP to the Mackenzie McAvoy wedding. <laughs> in, in a runner that I enjoyed, but that all, even that started beggaring belief for me that they sure. would keep talking about that in this high tense situation. Um, but I thought that whole thing was funny where they're faking that they're going to go on the air to get the FBI out and that it works, that the FBI takes the bait. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they were definitely rattled. Uh, you could see on Mary McCormick's face, like, I, I can't believe they're actually going to do this. And Charlie was just totally messing with that guy. You know, he's like, is it Kip? How is that with two P's? And the guy's, it's Roger with a D. Oh, we're going to misspell it. I love that. I love we're going to misspell it. I also, I don't know if I saw on Mary McCormick's face where you saw it because I couldn't, I thought that she thought they might be faking this, but they might not. Like, I, especially yeah, because like, yeah, yeah. it never went live. Like mm-hmm. they had, mm-hmm. they were saying, okay, it's time. Now what? If they don't go live, but they've told LA they're going live, what's on the air right now? <laughs> like, um, but uh, I appreciated that Sloan was willing to go on camera, even when it was fake, when she wasn't officially camera ready. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> but that whole moment, I enjoyed that. That was a fun opening. It actually made me wish that this show used a cold open format because I wanted to slam to the newsroom credit sequence after that whole thing. But they, oh, yeah, that would have been good. That would have been good. It it was fun. You know, I, I am generally annoyed by the Neil storyline, but this whole chunk of it uh, with the FBI stuff actually is, uh, I was riveted. Yeah. I, I would have been fine with them dragging it on. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I uh, a couple fun moments in there that we didn't even cover yet where somebody says, I'm not sure how I feel about new confident Maggie. I like that line. <laughs> and then <Yep. laughs> with this wedding fight, she's like, you're, Mackenzie's so mad at her that she's like, you're getting the fish and the fish is going to suck. And Mary McCormick was like, that's your own wedding you're talking about. <laughs> I, I like that. And then uh, Rebecca comes out and schools them. She's like, that wasn't cool. And Charlie says, neither am I. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> and then we get a moment of Will and Mac. And I have to tell you, Brian, I'm a little bit of a sucker for, I really appreciate, just plainly in love, Will and Mac. I really like Uh, Will and love just liking each other. And Mm -hmm. Will says, why do we have a loser table? Meaning she said that you're going to be really (laughs) at the loser table at their wedding. He's like, why do we have a loser table? And Mackenzie instantly responds, your friends. (laughs) It's pretty good. And he's fine with it. Yeah. And to me, that is the Sorkin element that I think is most often missing from the newsroom which is layered conversations plus layered conversations where we go back to something from two to five minutes ago um there's it still happens in the show this this whole scene is a great example of it but it feels much more rare on this show than it has on some other sorkin projects we've watched together and if you were to give a single line as like why people kind of don't like the newsroom a lot of people will say like it just takes itself too seriously or something this uh, more, not necessarily like a whimsical nature, but like it, it's just, it allows it to be a little more fun. And when, when people are having fun, like uh, I'm having fun. So yeah, I'm into it. Yes. It feels like it's taking itself less seriously this season, which I appreciate. Then we get to Maggie and Jim fighting <laughs> yeah. about the environment story. And I thought this was not fun. <laughs> I, I did like the things that were being highlighted, but I did not enjoy this conversation of he's like, I don't, I'm bored by your story. And he was, to a degree, trying to make a point that her story was boring, I guess. But I didn't like the scene. It felt mean. It did feel mean. I wrote Jim's being a butt, and he was being a butt. Like, he, I, I think there are nicer ways 
to, to tell that, uh, to teach that lesson, I guess, uh, without kind of coming across as uh, dismissive and mansplainy. I'm I'm still stuck on that he was being about Brian. Like he was. I pre- no, you're right, and I appreciate that you use the same kind of flowery, dense language that Sorkin does. It's really cut <laughs> from the same cloth. Yeah. Uh, and then, then Charlie is surprised by the fact that he is getting an in-person, in-office visit from Reese and Leona. And there's a buyer, I guess, for ACN. And Charlie getting, or for the news network at least, Charlie getting tripped up on his speaking, where he like he gets wrapped up in a sentence and is like, I'm sorry, I have to try to I thought his first sentence was fine. So I liked the joke of it, but his first sentence made sense to me. So I was like, what What exactly are we doing here? <laughs> it was fine. I remember during the uh, 2012 election coverage where Will kind of... <laughs> Get, walks himself into a little cul-de-sac where it doesn't make sense what he's trying to say or he ends up having to read it, repeat himself twice. Uh, that didn't happen here, though, with Charlie. I think they're trying to make the same joke there, but um, it was funnier with Will, uh, and it was also more legitimate with Will. Uh, agreed on both counts. Um, but I do like the kind of exchange that they end up having where, like, he has ideas. He's like, we're going to listen to his ideas? Well, he's you know going to spend whatever billion. We're going to love his ideas. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, we're also we're using the word in sorcels, and I didn't look it up, but I'm mm. 99% sure that that has come up on other Sorkin work. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, maybe even on Newsroom. You're gonna look it up right now, aren't you? Uh, I don't. I don't find, it, but it felt very familiar to me. This insourcels usage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, boy, Jim does not get Jim does not get treated well in this episode. Jim is the new Don. Uh, yeah. Wow. How'd that happen? So Jim's at home with Hallie, who has a new job and a new job contract. And she's brushing her teeth, and she's brushing her teeth in that weird TV way where it's totally dry, and it's like, why are we even bothering to show the brushing of the teeth if they're mm-hmm. not going to be brushing their teeth? Uh, and Jim doesn't like Hallie's contract. Yeah, he's reviewing it, uh, which shows a level of trust that I appreciate, yeah. um, and or potentially a level of like uh, maybe Hallie's not quite sure about the job or something. I don't know. But uh, he's reviewing it, and he notices that she gets paid per page view uh, for her the work that she's writing for this website. Right. Or at least she has a page view bonus or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Page view bonus um, or incentivized for page views. And so he sees this as an opportunity to uh, be totally up on his high horse and also to try to, I guess, educate her on like uh, writing clickbait articles or like I, I don't know like he's he's coming across as a total douche here not yes. even, we're, we're beyond butt and in, into worse things now yeah we've gone from butt to douche um you know what i wrote i wrote <laughs> so i wrote jim's being a butt when he's talking to maggie i don't realize i did this but i wrote jim's being an ass so like we, we are definitely worse wow wow i uh yeah no he really is and uh, what i wrote was quoting myself i'm finding it again mm-hmm. uh Jim's fight with Hallie is classic Sorkin men being idiots, and then he's an asshole. <laughs> um, and I, uh, I do like maybe in Sorcels shows up in the Trial of the Chicago Seven. That's what my Google used to me. I like um, it. But then, so Hallie's like, "You're gonna roll over, turn off the light, and go to sleep." And what I like is that she says, "Honey." Roll over, turn off the light, and go to sleep. Like, we're going to try this again. I appreciated mm-hmm. that so much. Mm-hmm. I thought, that's a strong relationship. And then, as soon as he's doing those things, she's like, no, don't go to sleep. Like, clearly, they're going to keep talking about it. <laughs> I liked it. 
Yep. We get yep. a, a rare exterior shot of the ACN building. I feel like we don't often see the building itself. And I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. It looked to me like it might be the New York Times building, <laughs> but I couldn't tell. It wasn't shown for that long. Yeah, I uh, we were on it long enough for me to wonder, did they add the signage uh digitally or did they add it with yeah. uh you know by actually putting a sign up there uh either way it didn't look like it belonged there i love that yeah no i i agree it it, it seemed it seemed <laughs> faked in some way mm-hmm. um then we meet a new character uh we meet uh is, the actor is keith powell the character is wyatt i thought keith powell who i i wasn't familiar with um had a uh a Sterling K. Brown level of gravitas to his performance mm, that I liked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he is an HR rep. <laughs> and <laughs> now, again, I said I want to see a show all about Gary. We get some more depth on Gary here, or shallowness, yeah. depending on your perspective. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because Don's, they're in Don's office, I guess, and, and Wyatt, the HR guy, is visiting. And uh, Don's got his feet up on the desk and he's eating a salad. Like, he is just yeah. making a making a long meal out of that salad, <laughs> a meal out of the scene and salad, and uh, I don't know. We've got uh, there was the, the the true story of Justin Bieber visits the Anne Frank house and he writes mm-hmm. in the guest book that he hopes she would have been a believer or expects she would have been a believer. I don't know, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. news. But Gary didn't give that story to Alex. He gave that story to somebody else, and Alex, who was a woman, says uh, that he made that choice. That Gary made that choice because she was no longer sleeping with him. Uh, yeah, broken yeah. up, uh, and apparently Gary's dated several folks, um, and uh, eventually we learn in this scene that Gary is covering for Don because Don said that he should not give that story, the Beaver story, to Alex, uh, because Alex Alex's writing wasn't good enough, and Alex says, "What am I supposed to do?" And Don says, "Write better." <laughs> I don't understand why, in front of HR, Gary is mm-hmm. covering for Don when he's being potentially accused of like pretty serious sexual harassment. So I didn't really quite yeah. get what was happening there. Uh, so Don doesn't believe that this HR thing is going to go anywhere, right? Like almost like this is just a box they have to check uh, and that this new HR guy is going to be just as um, permissive as the last HR guy. So maybe he's just like, Gary, we got to have one of those meetings that we always seem to have like every month or so when someone raises a complaint and it's no big deal. So maybe that's why. But uh, yeah, if if it's no big deal and everybody's just like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Don probably going to handle this without Gary. But it ended up being a kind of entertaining scene. Don uh, pretending not to care about all this stuff was in uh, the way he kept his chill was pretty, pretty funny because we moved from there into uh Wyatt confronting Don about his potential relationship with Sloan. And that's where the whole conversation takes a little bit more of a serious turn. Yeah. And uh Don's uh Don's just in deny mode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, no, of course I'm not in a relationship with her. Uh and uh yeah. So as soon as the HR guy leaves. Don is bolting <laughs> to get to yeah. Sloan. And he goes in, we're not dating, <laughs> and then leaves. And she's like, okay. Um, unclear if she understands that he's saying, if anybody asks you we're not dating, or if she thinks he's giving like a breakup or what. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did he just break up with me, or is... She doesn't seem too concerned. Someone going to walk in asking if we're dating. Yeah. 
but I, I did I find that whole I thought that was again we said I said that Jim is maybe the new Don but Don Don is definitely likable now he is fun and goofy and he's mm-hmm. he's got like some of the best qualities of Will and uh, the best qualities of Jim now he's become like this cool character it's crazy yeah and he's he is legit funny kind of in a smart funny way uh, but this leads to a kind of a comedy trope of we're going to pretend that we can get away with having a relationship without uh, HR knowing. Um, this is well-trod ground for television, and it always makes me think, like, this isn't how normal people are going to act. And this is where I got, like, uh, my whole beggaring belief thing. Like, uh, there's no way that they think that they're actually going to pull this off. Uh, but I don't know. It'll be a little bit entertaining along the way. I also don't see what the benefit is of hiding it versus being above board because the rule isn't you're not allowed to the rule is like you have to disclose it and be aware and like i don't know seems silly right and like will and mac are getting married like we're we've had relationships in the great call the newsroom before like how come this is the one this is the one that that someone's going to get in trouble over i i don't know i'm i'm totally with you it's uh it's it is it is silly. I didn't even think about the tropiness of it, but you're 100 right. It is, and yeah, I uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. love it. Didn't well, love it. Right now, I'm, my daughter and I are watching um, Parks and Rec right now, and there's a big thread about uh, in that show about people dating. You know, Ben and uh, Ben Wyatt and Leslie Nope have a, spend like a good season like trying to date and then deciding not to date and mm. uh nearly getting fired over the whole thing it even goes to some sort of like a trial kind of situation uh where you know it all does end up getting resolved in the end folks but um uh maybe i'm just uh, fresh out of that and thinking oh my gosh do i have to go through this whole thing again fun fact i have i have only seen the first season the unliked season of parks and rec and then never watching it uh, there's a bright future ahead of you lex <sighs> i have to i have to decide to keep going uh which i haven't done yet I have a note here, and I don't remember exactly what I'm referencing, so maybe you will. I have a note that says, the second Jim-Maggie scene where she is really mean to Jim, and it affects him. Do you remember how she was really mean to Jim? Uh, I do remember she kind of punches him. And I thought, oh boy, Lex isn't going to like that. But it was a, it was more of a playful punch. I guess I was caught up in the moment since I didn't take better notes. I think they had like a second version of their conversation about the epa story and whether it was like newsworthy enough or like entertaining enough to be on the air uh and this kind of type of thing that they kind of reverse roles a little bit um but it 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 didn't leave a mark on me so okay well i don't know what my problem is but i didn't like it um listeners if you know feel free to tell me in any place where you can find me and then i don't know Mackenzie and mary mccormick are meeting up again which seems crazy now that there's an actual fbi investigation happening they're meeting in mm-hmm. secret and of course because it's tv room. it's in a steam room and even though they're in a steam room in towels mary mccormick's still gonna pat mac down to make sure she's not wearing a wire unnecessary uh, unnecessary and there's no way a wire would have worked in there it's a steam room it would have ruined that thing no matter what uh, um you know the operating temperatures for good spy microphones <laughs> um but uh it really is funny that we now just have likable Don. I wrote this over and over again during this episode. He's just he's just a fun character now. I don't get annoyed when he's on the screen. And then uh, Don wasn't in the steam room, folks. Correct. That, that's a different different scene. I, otherwise, I didn't care about the steam room scene. I thought it was stupid. Uh, um, but 
then we get uh, we get Toby, <laughs> we get Mr. Westbrook Toby on the on Newsnight, and uh, boy, that was a funny scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, they go ahead and, and they're going to have like a four minute interview on a Friday night uh, uh, with Toby from the EPA about how we're basically screwed as a planet. Uh, Will tries to get him to think of something optimistic, uh, but he keeps kind of saying, nope, nope, we're, this is, this is all over. And gosh, uh, I, I wrote down, this is, this guy's amazing. Like the way he just pulls it off with such a deadpan thing. And he, and he was like, finally, it was like, Will was like, okay, so if we fought this head on and listened to our best scientists and he's like, and if we really just gather together as an entire planet to do the best and, and completely stop everything bad that we're doing. I still don't think this way we could do it. We're all screwed. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, and it's, I mean, it, like you said, it's a great performance and it is funny that they will not give up. It also is kind of funny that it kind of captivates the newsroom, like the, the studio, <laughs> the booth. And then like, they forget to do their jobs in the engineering room for a minute. Uh, uh and of course this show was on a long time ago and, uh, it's not gotten any better. So that's good. Um, and then we have the, uh, the justice department meeting. Oh, right. So, so this is at Maine Justice, right? We're in D.C. now, and we're actually at a giant conference room in the Justice Department. And uh, I, the actor, who I've seen in other things, too, uh, Brian Howe is his name. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. related to you in some way. Um, no. But uh, he plays Barry Lazenthal. I could never understand his name when they were saying it, but I think on IMDb I saw that it was Lazenthal. Okay, um, yeah. But... Uh, I thought he did a nice job. It's that scene is hilarious. Sorkin courtroomy scene or courtroom mm-hmm. slash conference room scene, where he sits at the opposite end of the table and he's being the the lawyers are lawyering and the witnesses the the the, the citizens are being snipey. Like I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I like that. Um, people kind of commented on it from the first moment when he walked in. He's like, "Oh, you're really going to sit at the other end?" He's like, "Yes." Uh, I don't know. They they kind of. By hanging a hat on it a little bit, it kind of just made it even more uh, comic. But uh, it was yes, it was enjoyable. I don't know. It's- and you know, so he says, "I think Will that you wanted this whole thing this way so that you could be a hero. I think you engineered things to work out this way." And then, you know, after he's gone on and on, you have Will tell him, "You're bad at this. <laughs> You're not going to put a TV star in jail. You bungled this, and I can't help you anymore." Um, and. Uh, I thought that was Will being a little hyperconfident in that moment when you're talking to the Department of Justice. I thought I thought that's that's not a guy I want to antagonize. No, nope. but uh Will clearly feeling invincible. And uh spoiler alert, maybe wrongly, maybe erroneously feeling invincible. Yeah, it was interesting cuz w- when they wrapped up that meeting Barry uh says, you know, oh, I always hated losing to Nebraska, like yet yeah, you got this one. Uh, but in the back of my mind, he's like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and submit, issue that subpoena. So you're, yeah, we're just not going to handle this here. And then we're at the white house correspondent dinner where we're seeing some footage from it. And, uh, I, uh, first of all, young Obama was a sight to see. And then I thought it was a little funny that we're forest scumping them into the white house correspondent center. It stuck out to me more than like when Maggie shows up at, uh, the Boston marathon bombing, uh, because like, any number of people could be there, but like it's a finite group who's at the White House Correspondents' Center. So it was funny to me that they like put themselves there. And uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of interesting things happening there. There's there's the moment where Hallie thinks Jim teed up Maggie's ethics story in front of her so that Hallie would feel 
um, guilt over journalistic ethics, but of course Jim had nothing to do with it. No. Nope. Um, and then I did not buy that uh, ACN's uh, HR guy <laughs> would be at the White House Correspondence Center. That seems like a pretty difficult ticket to get, but there he is. Uh, and then, um, but he's there for a, a moment I'm curious for your take on where he now assumes that, oh, I, I now see that you, Sloan and Don, are dating. And Sloan says, no, <laughs> I date first rounders. <laughs> How did you feel about that? Uh, I thought it was a little too much. Uh, I agree. He shouldn't have been there. Like, it doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Aside from that, like, they're kind of trying to nurse this little forced plot line along. Um, I thought it was funny when Don was <laughs> about to feed her like a strawberry or something or as a meatball. And then he just ends up having to shove it into some stranger's mouth. I thought that was that was entertaining, uh, but yeah, her her little speech about how she only dates dates a listers and she would never date this kind of, um, you know, B team at best kind of guy. I don't know. Uh, it 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 didn't show the fun parts of Sloan that I enjoy in other episodes. Because my expectation would be in her shoes, this will hurt Don's feelings. Like even if this yeah. is my attempt at covering, this is mean. And then she says, "Well, that's too far." And I think he says, "Way too far" or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. But unnecessary. I didn't like it. I, I I expected more from her. And then I guess we get to the the centerpiece of the episode, even though it's not in the center chronologically. But we meet Lucas Pruitt, played mm-hmm. by B.J. Novak, who seems to relish in playing dicks um (laughs) i do not understand the let's call it subplot of lucas's obsession with where they would be meeting whether he was going to meet don in the main room or in the other room like what it it is it is hammered on over and over again like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i didn't did it did it play for you did it make sense to you i did not understand why it kept getting drilled i know people like this in my life who if something doesn't go exactly to plan they kind of bring it up again quite a bit and uh so it did kind of ring a little bit in that like a slightly obsessive personality kind of a thing um and he kept he the way that he described it is like my assistant said that we would meet here and then we would come out here to discuss uh and the way that charlie kind of handled it uh felt it kind of felt like how I would try to handle it too is like, okay, yeah, but we're here now and, and that's okay. And we're going to talk. Right. Um, but the way that he kept kind of going over and over is just kind of made Lucas feel more and more like a little bit of an alien uh, and just someone who doesn't live in the same world that the rest of us live. So that's the only thing it really did for me. It kind of just othered yeah. him. Yeah. Fair. It was, it was weird to me. Um, I did like Lucas's assistant. Uh, the Schweppes Bitter Lemon, uh, also a <laughs> yep. a West Wing overlap because mm-hmm. uh, whoever Hal Holbrook played on that show, he always wanted Schweppes Bitter Lemon. Yep. Um, but I really I really liked the performance of Lucas's assistant, who was clearly ready to go buy some Bitter Lemon Schweppes Bitter Lemon from the store. Clearly, this had happened before, but in front of Charlie, BJ Novak's like, no, no, don't worry. Why, why would you do that? Just enjoy but I really li- I thought that actress did a great job with a small part, and. I looked her up and she's a real working actor. She has a whole bunch of stuff. I thought she was cool. That's awesome. And the way that he, the way that Lucas talked about it, like how anybody could not have Schweppes bitter lemon. He's like, it, he said something like it defies belief. He, it would have been perfectly fine for him to say it beggars belief, uh, mm. that they wouldn't, that anybody wouldn't carry that. Uh, but he's the way that he kind of always says, like when his expectations aren't met, that he's like, it's fine. You, you know, it's not fine. Yeah. 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 
Um, and then uh, some a, a woman makes eye contact with our friend Mackenzie and then sits down with our friend Mackenzie. And this woman's name is Lily. Mm-hmm. And Lily uh, is the source. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, were you surprised to meet her? I was surprised. I completely forgot that the source reveals themselves in this uh, TV show at all. And I didn't want to believe it at first. I was like, this, is this a plant from the Justice Department or something? But she seems pretty legit. Yeah. Oh, I never even, I didn't even consider that she wasn't who she said she was. I fully believe that she was the source because I don't, they don't need to trap Mackenzie. They need to get, <laughs> they need to get to mm-hmm. uh, Neil. Uh, so I, I believe her. Um, and I'm curious where that storyline was going. I thought that was an interesting storyline. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I struggle with every character BJ Novak plays because I worry each time that he's not acting. Like I worry that maybe he really is kind oh, of no. a jerk, <laughs> which could mean that he's a great actor. Um, but he says to Charlie, I can see fear in your eyes. And Charlie says, it almost always is. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great But the stuff that BJ Novak, BJ Novak starts spitting out there. I, I wrote Sorkin loves to write rich assholes um, because he's saying insane things. I forget. I forget one of the things that he says. But he's like, uh, he says some actor's name. Is it who is it? Danny Holmes? Glover. Danny Glover. <laughs> and he's like, I, I, I just thought of it. Like we can have a channel that's just all Danny Glover news all the time. Like what is he like? It clearly, was all people stalking Danny Glover, finding out where he is at any time. <laughs> And clearly, what that, a terrible idea. Clearly, Lucas knows that's not a good idea. I don't know if yeah. he's testing Charlie or what, uh, but that like it feels like he's a character from another show because he is so out there, uh, especially for a show that is so grounded in reality. Like this person did not feel real. He felt like not even just a trophy TV character, but a beyond trophy TV character. Yeah, and someone who uh, is clearly used to people just being willing to listen to him at all times and at some point uh charlie just uh extracts himself from that conversation like i have to go do something but i'm looking forward to coming back and he said you're not looking forward to <laughs> but you will uh ugh, this, didn't like it i uh i guess it's uh lily who writes something on a napkin and Mackenzie who dunks it in the water glass another thing that we've oh, seen yeah. on the west wing uh mm-hmm. josh does mm-hmm. that in a meeting with joey lucas um and then, Which was also sitting outdoors at a party. Yes, it seemed like a very public place to be having this top secret conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Mackenzie has 96 hours, I guess, to get this story on the air before. Um, and what was Lily going to do after 96 hours? Release the files herself? Yeah, she was just going to publish them online somewhere. Yeah. Um, which Mac thinks is gen- is uh, dangerous. Mm-hmm. And then, so so we have another ticking clock. Yeah. Uh, Sorkin likes ticking clocks. He sure uh, does. We just had one. Yeah. And then Will's. Uh, Posing for photos with his adoring fans in public, I guess, because he's the most mm-hmm. famous guy at the White House Correspondence Center. And not likely. Uh, a person's <laughs> over and over again trying to get his attention, and then Will eventually realizes, oh, I know what this is. I'm getting served. Mm-hmm. And he's indeed getting a subpoena. Uh, surprising to me that they would issue a subpoena from a DOJ intern at the White House Correspondence Center. Like, yeah, the- dress up in a tux, carry the subpoena with you. Yeah. And like, how does he get it? I don't know. Uh, and Will says, maybe I'm not as big a TV star as I thought because um, he's been served, uh, mm-hmm. which obviously was what was going to happen. But being served isn't the same thing as being arrested and put in jail. He's being served mm-hmm. with a subpoena. Yeah. He uh, just has to go testify now. And uh, our, our one allotted lawyer in the entire show, uh, Rebecca, says, oh, you, I'll, I'll take that. You're supposed to give that to me. Right. Which I didn't know was true. <laughs> no. This, like I said, this is, season three episodes are better than prior season episodes as a general rule. But this was the, I thought, the weakest of season three. Um, and I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like that uh, people aren't being really dumb in relationships. Um, and well, <laughs> except for Jim and Hallie, but I, I, I keep trying to repress that memory. And to a, a degree, Sloan in being too jerky in saying that she wasn't yeah. well done. But you're yeah. quick to forgive. I guess so. I, I do like these people. <laughs> um, and uh, I was very skeptical, skeptical about this whole storyline. And here I am uh, generally enjoying the, the season so far. But only three left. Like, we're going to have to wrap all this stuff up. And I thought we were shipping Jim and Maggie, and it just doesn't seem like it's happening. Is three episodes enough for switching well, everything around? Here's the thing. Why shouldn't you be with Hallie? I know. Like, it's hard to ship Maggie, given how nice the relationship is with Hallie. Like, I, now I would be sad if he broke up with her. And Hallie, and Maggie doesn't need anybody. She's fine. No, Maggie should start, should, should end up with that cool guy she met on the train. Oh, yeah. Jack. Like, maybe that's why we're meeting him, so, so that we can see that she's happy, too. Yeah. He's cool. Jack the ethics professor. Right. She can swap Jim for Jack, and then he's a Jack mm -hmm. of all trades. Because they swapped? No? All right. It was a long <laughs> walk. Uh, but we've got, like you said, three episodes left. So my assumption is Neil does not stay in a country without uh, extradition. Yep. I, my assumption is that Neil gets, I don't know, uh, a written document from the government that says that he won't be charged anything. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. My assumption is we end with a wedding of Will and Mac in a couple episodes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that BJ Novak turns out to be a fine guy and he becomes the owner of the network and we learn, ah, yeah, I was just messing with you. Nope, that's not going to happen. I, I, I'm actually saying it will. I'm, I'm going with I think it will. Okay, okay. What yeah. do you think, Will? Like that this was a trap? I think that they're going to um, try to spin ACN off to be a different network. Um I don't know how they'll get the cash for it. Oh, you think BJ Novak is done? I, I don't. I hope so. <laughs> At least the version we're seeing of him. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Well, we, we can't both be right. And we could both be wrong. So we'll find out. <laughs> Or they'll all go, they'll all go walk away. I mean, at, at some point, I remember us talking about um, you know maybe Don and uh, Don leaves the network or Jim leaves the network or something, and they all go do something else. Like because our our band got all we spent two and a half seasons getting everybody all together, and then they're gonna some people are gonna depart. So I'm still got my eyes out for that. What kind of sucks for Neil, played by Dev Patel, uh, is he basically doesn't get screen time in a couple episodes in the final season because he's off somewhere else. I wonder if he had yeah. another show. And that's what's happening or what? Mm, mm -hmm. uh, because I, and you are, as you recall, should not be looking ahead because you can get spoiled if you do, as I accidentally did. Wouldn't dream of it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I will say the series finale is uh, What Kind of Day Has It Been, which is a season finale name that uh, Sorkin has used on, I think, maybe every show he writes. But yeah. uh, next time we're watching Contempt. That's the name of the episode. Mm. Contempt. Season three, well, one, E4. I'm guessing Will is going to be in Contempt of Court, but we'll find out. Oh, I think there's going to be plenty of contempt to go around, Brian. Yeah. One of the writers on this, or writing credit, was John Lovett, who worked in the Obama White House. Uh, I guess he had a podcast at some point, but also... Um, Still does. I, I got to imagine he wrote some of the jokes for White House Correspondents' Dinner. So I, I got to imagine that, that he might have a double writing credit on mm. this ep episode. Because I guess he was involved in season three. Yeah. I will say I, I have worked professionally with the various hosts from what was originally Keeping It 1600 and was later Pod Safe America. And he mm -hmm. is one of the ones I like. So he oh. is not one of the ones I don't like. <laughs> and I will leave the rest as an exercise to the listener. By process of elimination, we know the ones you don't like are not that one particular person. That's right. He, was, he is always very nice. A very nice oh, good. Guy. Yeah. And he doesn't have nearly the problem I do. Uh, his, his Fridman is a... a a different name his Friedman has a z at the end john Lovitz. oh john Lovitz. Yeah. yeah but one of his co-workers 
shares a name with a, another Hollywood celebrity too. Yes. To, to John's Favreau, which is a problem. I just found out there's a rapper by the name of Brian Warren. So, you know. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. No joking. You're not that Brian Warren? I'm not. I just wanted to get close to a rapper and it didn't work. <laughs> so here's what's here's what's really funny. John Favreau is the one I like from that show. John Love is the one who I don't like. So I don't, oh, no. I'm happy to keep that in. I'm happy to keep it in. I don't like him. He was not nice. <laughs> I have plenty of stories about John Lovett being unlikable, but now I check to make sure. Um, <laughs> but good for him for getting a writing credit on this episode. Glad we got that in here. Me too. <laughs> we, but, we could have ended the whole episode earlier. You know who I do like though, Brian? <laughs> you know who I don't hold in contempt? <laughs> Let's hear it. Our listeners. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review us in Apple Podcasts. Uh, go ahead and become a member of the Incomparable, theincomparable.com slash members. And of course, of course, if you care about us at all, in any way, you got to keep sorking in it. Don't stop. Don't stop sorking in it. <sighs> we did it. They said it couldn't be done. They said it shouldn't be done. Maybe they were right. Maybe they were right.